This is AutoLine This Week, the show that gets you inside the global automotive industry. AutoLine This Week partnered with the Consulate General of Canada in Detroit to produce this episode. Hi, I'm John McElroy. Welcome to AutoLine Detroit. As you all know, there's labor shortages all over the country. It's hard to find people to work. This has been especially true at car dealerships and repair shops across the country. And that all started way before COVID hit. It's a real problem trying to get new people to come into the business. Well, I found some that figured out how to get students very interested in studying how to repair cars to become techs. And so let me introduce my panel to you today. They include Roy Jennings with the Caldwell Community College and Technical Institute in North Carolina, Eric Mortensen is with the Watauga School District in Tennessee, and Dustin Ford is kind of a hybrid. He's <laughs> teaching in the high school, but he's actually part of the community college. And guys, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. So, Thank you. as I mentioned, it is so hard to get techs, or I should say students, to get interested in becoming techs. Uh, I had to look this up, but there's a study out there that says that right now, today, there is a shortage of 642,000 techs in dealerships and repair shops across the country. But Eric, let me start with you. You seem to have figured out how to get students interested. Tell us a little bit about your program. Well, uh, it was a great program when I walked into it four years ago, but we've worked hard to make that stick, you know, Um, and that's just a bringing interest. So if you have students that are starting off as freshmen, they don't have driver's license. So how do you, how do you hook them at that age? So we came up with ways for them to work on machinery that they are interested in. Maybe it's a go-kart, maybe it's a motorcycle, maybe it's an ATV. And so we get their hands dirty, we get them used to turning wrenches and we get them interested there. And then as they grow and get their licenses, they get more and more interested in doing this for a living, hopefully. So how many students do you have coming through your program? How many of you graduated, do you think? Oh, boy. I think this year we'll have at least 200. We had room. We had another 200 that signed up that just we couldn't fit into the classes. So we we have a waiting list to get into our classes here. (laughs) I love hearing that. Dustin, let's hear from you. You're teaching in the high school, but you actually are employed by the community college. Tell us about this hybrid. What are you doing there? Uh, I'm still trying to figure that one out myself, but um, through the great leadership of Roy Jennings and Eric being right there by my side, um, what I am is I'm offering college level credits to these high school students. So they're earning both their high school credit and their college credit at the same time. And we're able to give them a kind of different approach is what the high school does. The high school kind of does it their way. And we have the call way to where we do it to where we get to focus on a complete topic for one whole semester versus they have to focus on all eight areas for the whole semester. And so we get to touch through everything steering suspension throughout a whole semester versus they have to touch steering suspension for a few weeks and move on. And how, how good are you, uh, how effective are you at taking the high school students and directing them into this community college program? We have some that want to really do this as a pure living. Um, some of these kids that come in here, they just they wanted to just know how to work on their own cars or figure out how to do it for mom and dads or actually go for a career. And so we show them the opportunity. You know, I don't try and go and bolster, hey, this is the only route for you. There's, you could go directly into the field, or if you want to expand your knowledge more, learn about all these other areas that we didn't get to cover because I only get to teach four classes out of the eight areas. 
you can go into Caldwell Community College, get your college diploma, I mean, college degree like I got, and then you never know where it might take you. I worked in the industry for five years, and then being that I graduated from Caldwell, they said, hey, we have this teaching job. Would you like it? And I said, sure. Huh. So, Roy, let's hear about it from uh, the community college uh, area. What all are you teaching? How many students are you attracting to it, and where do they go from there? Well, at uh, Caldwell, and it's nice you started with Eric and, and Dustin and down to me because that's kind of the pathway. Uh, you know, the students, we don't have as many as Eric. He flows a lot of people through his program. And when you look at the higher level classes, of course, the numbers will drop down. And we're probably looking at about 80 students in the program this year uh, that are working towards their associate's degree and those that Dustin uh, is working through his program up there. But uh, uh, it, it's a great pathway as Eric is working with the students and they decide they want college credit and they may go over to Dustin's class. And then after they graduate, coming down to Caldwell to actually work on their associate's degree in applied science to finish that, or they may go into the field. Uh, we, we've provided doorways from high school graduate to college graduate where they can enter the field at different levels. Um, and of course, that's going to provide different job opportunities. And the further your education goes, of course, the better equipped you are to make better income and have better opportunities out there. So, and explain a little bit more then, Roy, you're, you're not just going to community college to learn to work on cars. You're saying you're getting a degree, but these automotive classes are part of that degree. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a, an associate's degree in applied science. So besides taking mechanical classes, you're going to take a humanities, a social science, you're going to take communication, math, English classes. So it is a real college degree. And, uh, you know, once you complete it and you've got that college degree, nobody can take it away from you. And most people don't realize that automotive uh, is as far as a degree. Do you know the highest automotive degree there is in the United States right now? You can get a doctorate in automotive engineering at Clemson University, just south of us. So imagine being Dr. Automotive. That's kind of cool. <laughs> so th th this is kind of cool, uh, i.e. Your, your students will come out of the college, community college, with a well-rounded uh, you know, education that they can take anywhere they want or they can go into automotive. Yes. Yeah. In the program, besides teaching the eight core areas of ASC, we also teach shop management, PC skills for automotive techs. We teach alternative fuel and advanced technology. So we're providing them skills to uh, not only use locally if they want to go into a shop, but really anywhere in the world that they would want to travel and work. They have a skill set that they can employ. Uh, I've had friends that have left here and have gone and worked in Afghanistan, South America, England. Uh, when you have that skill set to be able to repair mechanical items, uh, you can take it anywhere in the world. Yeah. So let's go back to the feeder system. Eric, I, I am blown away that, you know, you've got 200 kids going through the program this year. You've got a waiting list to get in. That's not the story that I hear in other high schools. It's just the opposite, in fact. What is it about your program that's got so many students interested in coming into it? Well, I think it starts with people like Tierra and Roy um, having good CTE directors in these colleges and in the high schools. That right, what are programs. CTE directors? So uh, career and technical education. That's that's any trades 
system that you're going to get into. So cosmetology, construction, welding, uh, anything you can think of that gets your hands dirty really is, uh, is where that comes into play. And we're blessed to work in a system, both, both Dustin and I are working with people who understand the value of that and want to see those, those skills grow. So we're supported by the leadership at our schools. And that is where all of it starts. So once you have that, once you have the backing of the people upstairs, you know, the rest is pretty easy. You show the interest, you show a path for kids to have a great career. I mean, some of the kids that come down here don't do well in their core classes. I was the same way when I was this age. So that's, that's not that surprising for me and probably not so much for Dustin either. So we come in and we have kids who might be a little bit demoralized coming downstairs and taking these classes and they think, oh, no, I'm not going to do well. But you show them something that they can excel at where they might be struggling with their other classes. And that's just natural. I mean, they're going to tell their friends that, hey, this this class is great. This is a fun thing to do. I'm learning all kinds of cool stuff. I could fix my car. I can fix the neighbor's car. And it just blossoms from there. So it's been really, really blessed to have a great school to work at, great people to work for. And a great community. I mean, we we do stuff with the community here in town. We have shop owners that come and, and work with us and come down and bring really neat cars. We had a Ferrari down here. We've had a Lamborghini down here. So having those things to also kind of build interest has been just just incredible, just a lot of fun. The kids love it. Yeah. Dustin, let's get your input. I mean, okay, so it takes good people, but anything that's good takes good people, right? What are some mm-hmm. of the things that you're doing that you think makes students, high school students, really want to get into the program? I think a lot of it is, is that they get to see the reward right in front of them. Um, we're dealing with a society that deals with this mainstream media that they need that instant gratification with the Twitter and the Facebook and all that. And so they get to say, hey, this is my math teacher's car. I just did oil change on it or we just put new brakes on it. And they get to see that they got to do that for them. And when they go take the keys back to them in the next period, we say, hey, here, Miss Grogan, we did your break job for you today. I did as part of that. You can see a little bit of the dirt on my face here still. And so it's that instant gratification that I think so many kids today need that just wants them to be participated in this kind of program. Well, that, I, ma- I imagine, keeps them involved in the program. Once they mm-hmm. see that they're doing things and, and, like you say, the instant gratification of having done something. And it's not just instant gratification. It's the satisfaction in a job well done, right? Yeah. But yeah. but still, they got to come into the class first to discover that. What are you guys doing to get them into the class? Uh, we have several parent walkthroughs and teacher walkthroughs and the upcoming seventh and eighth graders. They get to do a whole walkthrough throughout the whole school. And we get always get in trouble with Miss Stark. And uh, sometimes Roy gets in on the idea and he, get, he gets a little angry with us too. They tell us we're not supposed to interact with them, talk to them or anything, but we, we put on the dog and pony show. And not only that, but we get to show them how awesome our shop is. We're blessed that we're very financially stable enough to have almost the latest and greatest of everything that's out on the market. We've got Hunter Hawkeye elites. We've got the snap on Zeus. Um, we have trainer boards that are top of the line. And so it's we get to show all these nice, pretty, shiny things, and it distracts them long enough to where they're distracted to actually listen to us for a second and say, this is an awesome class. I want to go to here. You know, it almost sounds like you're uh, that, taking the same approach in recruiting a football team at a mm-hmm. college, right? It's not just with that player. You got to bring in the family, the mother, mm-hmm. the father, the brothers, sisters, and the like. I mean, is, is that part of your approach of getting so many kids to come into your class? 
especially when we have the parent night to where they're bringing their upcoming eighth grader. You've got little brother Johnny and little Susie coming down with them, and then they get to see that over the years, and then eventually they're going to be in eighth grade, and they're like, I remember this class. My brother signed up for it. My sister signed up for it. They absolutely loved it. They tell the, they tell their little brother, they talk about it at the dinner table and say, this class is awesome. And so, yeah, you're getting the whole family involved in it when we have these parent nights. I can't tell you how, uh, how often we have parents come in and by the end of the tour, they want to sign up. Yeah. Hey, can I take this class? <laughs> I wish I had taken it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Roy, on the community college side, how are you doing it? Because even though you don't have as many students as Eric and then Dustin have, that's still an impressive number of, of students that you got coming into your program. It, it is, and there's a variety of different things we do. We go into the local high schools and uh, we'll set up a booth and speak to the students coming through at lunchtime. Uh, we'll do car shows, cruise-ins. It's getting that time of the year where we're going to be doing Christmas parades. Uh, you know, we'll hit all the towns locally, and we've got a couple of cars in the programs that have wraps on them, and we'll put those in the parade and go through. And uh, you know, something Eric and and uh, Dustin he had mentioned there talking to the students. It's about building relationships. Uh, you know, when they come in first thing, or you meet them for the first time, or I've advised students in a grocery store. You know, they'll come up to you and they'll say, hey, I remember you came to my school or, you know, I came up here and I did a tour. We do tours all the time at the college here. And you begin to build that relationship to where they feel comfortable coming to you, uh, speaking with you. And, you know, in, in today's changing society, everybody seems to want to go for that instant gratification. And what uh, Dustin was hitting on about students doing a break job and then taking the keys to their teacher that's that's that instant gratification that makes them feel like they've accomplished something uh, or they've done something. And by the way, if if Tierra's upset, you two take her some chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay for it. OK, let, let's talk about uh, what's your success rate look like. And Roy, let's come back to you on that. I mean, uh, the the kids kids, I guess I can call them kids, right, who have graduated through your program. Have you kept track of where they go? Do they actually use this in the automotive industry in some way, shape, or form, or do they go elsewhere with it? Oh, no, well, the, people do different things. There are uh, people that were in my classes the first semester I taught 14 years ago that own shops, manage shops, uh, or have gone into management and dealerships. And there are some that have gotten out of it, out of the industry altogether. Uh, it, it's it's a mix up. And when you look at success rate, uh, you know, in education, you can look at who finished a two year degree and graduated or whose life did we change with education who now works in the automotive industry. Maybe they only finished a certificate, a diploma. Maybe they did get their degree, but we changed their life, gave them a skill set that they could go out and earn a living much better than they used to and now can support their family, take a vacation, and enjoy life. That's so it, it's difficult to measure that uh, uh, success rate when you break it down into so many different ways that, that you do become successful. And Eric, how do you look at it with the, the students that are graduating through your program? Have you been able to keep track of where they go and what they do with it? Yeah, it's actually part of the program. Um, we do go out and check on the students that graduate. You know, I try to find job placement 
uh, for those that want to go right into the field. Obviously, uh, it's great having Dustin and Roy there as a connection to go right into a community college setting. We also have apprenticeship programs where sometimes students, and we had a student from Watauga High School go on to do that, where they get a free scholarship and, and maintain employability right up here in the mountains. So that's great. But yeah, we go out and uh, I have a student that's uh, graduated last year. who's currently working at a dealership in town and I'll pay him a visit every month and talk with his boss and make sure that everything is, is well. Now, some students go out and um, they, they change their mind. You know, they spend six months in it and think, well, maybe that isn't the right thing for them. And we have other students who have a easy to see talent for the job, but they have other ideas of what they want to do in life. And for those students, I tell them, just keep paying attention, keep enjoying it. You, you have what it takes to do this. So maybe you get into the career you think you want and you find out you don't really like it all that much. You'll have this as a fallback because that's that's what I ended up doing. I wasn't I didn't graduate from high school intending to be a technician, but the other stuff that I went to do didn't really give me the satisfaction that being an auto mechanic did. So it ended up being a great career for me. And when I share that information with them, a lot of times I think that sinks in. Yeah. We, we had really good luck this last year with with job placement or college placement for students going off to follow this as a career choice. And Dustin, I imagine, you know, that the students coming into your program, they're committed, right? I mean, they're still in high school, but they're taking community college level courses. I mean, that tells me that they're really committed to staying in the program or or does, uh, do the facts bear that out? Um, for the most part, a lot of my students, they want to really get into this and they want to do it. Um, there are a few that they kind of I wouldn't say get thrown in, but it's just kind of one of those backup options that they chose. Maybe they wanted to go do construction or welding. They just want to do that hands-on kind of activity. Um, but a lot of them really enjoy the program. And like Eric was talking about, maybe it's something that they for sure know they want to do, or maybe it's something that it's just an inclination of the gratification of being able to do it then and there. But they can use these skills, whether it's to make a career out of it or just to use it for to save them a buck or two down the road doing their own oil changes or somebody's not going to take advantage of them at a shop. How much uh, are local businesses uh, cooperating with y'all? I mean, are, are car dealerships, repair shops and the like supporting what you do? What, what can you yeah. tell me about that? A hundred percent. They're reaching out for us. They, they want, they want these texts before they even graduate you know, from the program. And, I know last uh, spring, Dustin and I went to many dealerships and, you know, we had COVID restrictions where we couldn't have people coming in to talk with these students. So we we bent the rules or we found a way around the rules. We took the students to them and uh, it was it was amazing. Uh, it's great. So they're very supportive in, in our area. Mm -hmm. Roy, how about a, a, in your area? We get phone calls every day and emails for shops that are looking for technicians and they're willing to work with us. Uh, any which way they can. Uh, first semester students, employment isn't a problem on day one. And uh, I've got some that are employed out there. And these shops are willing to work with their school schedule to make sure they get enough time in that they're earning a living. And uh, also that they have the time off to be able to come in and do their classes and make sure they're finishing that. And they want the student to finish the class and that's part of their employment. You know, if you're not going to finish your school, we probably don't need you here at the shop. So we're, we're getting a lot of support locally, and it's growing with the North Carolina Apprenticeship Program. 
that uh, really has been ramping up in the last couple of years uh, that we've been able to implement in uh, the Innovative Academy and here at Caldwell uh, and with Eric there on his side, on the, uh, the high school side, where when a, a student finishes the uh, uh, apprenticeship, pre-apprenticeship, they can get uh, the two years of community college for free. The North Carolina apprenticeship will take care of that. And Lucas Underwood has been uh, tremendous in helping uh, getting everything back in place and off the ground with that. Man, that's a what a deal! Getting uh, your scholarship for free—that's amazing. So, so here's a question. Uh, you, this will be a jump ball. You, you, whoever wants to jump in first on it. What you guys are doing is very, very different from what I'm hearing all around the country. Uh, what recommendations would you give to other high schools, other community colleges that may want to tap into the same thing? Because there's no question there's a crying need for these techs and, and other personnel. And you guys seem to have figured out how to get students interested in it. What advice would you give? Honestly, uh, I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> You're not ready to jump in on that one. Honestly, I think it's the great teachers that we've had in the areas. Um, I didn't have Mr. Mortensen or Eric here, but I did have a guy named Larry Jones and Jim Lusk, who were his predecessors, who really enjoyed having us as kids. They, I'm just amazing at what they taught us. I did have Mr. Jennings. He was my former teacher. Um, now he's my boss. Um, but it was just the great teachers that I had in the programs that wanted me to pursue this as a career. Plus, I looked at it as something to benefit me as a career of knowing how to fix my own cars. And so I think just taking that extra step, anytime you think that maybe you're doing something wrong, think about it harder and then try and figure out what you can do extra for these kids. Because I've had, I mean, I've watched Mr. Mortensen here and I had Roy Jennings. They always try to do that above and beyond next step. You always go to that next level for these kids. And that's just my two cents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told Miss Stark, my, my boss, when I started here is that uh, I really didn't know exactly what being a teacher was going to look like. She gave me the space to kind of think outside the box and build my own box and it's working. So guys that may take over a program or gals that may take over a program at a school and that program is stagnant, think outside the box. Don't look at what was already in the paper trail that you're digging through as you start your career. Think about what interests you, what got you into the field and exploit that. Go out there and, and share what made you passionate about the job with with kids. And they're going to, you know, if you have, if you're passionate about anything, people are going to be passionate with you. Roy, what have you got to add? What recommendations would you give to other community colleges? And I would say for the other community colleges that are out there that remember you are a community college. So your purpose is to serve the community, not to serve your own interest, your own needs. Do not be an island unto yourself. Reach out, network, bridge with other folks. Do like we're doing today. I never thought that I'd have the chance to sit down and talk with you, but here we are. Uh, Learn all you can, share all you can, open up, serve the community, be be a servant heart, serve the community. That's what we're here for. Uh, You know, the two guys up at Watauga, Eric and and Dustin both, we've got magic happening up there and and it starts with caring. You know, if, if you're in a place that you no longer care and you're just working toward retirement, really you need to get out and go do something else for a living. 
And, you know, if that's what's happening in a school or a community college somewhere, it's time to change the guard and put somebody in there with a fresh heart, somebody with a passion that wants to help students, work with students. Paperwork will always be there, but it's our job to change lives with education. That's mm-hmm. the tool we have. Mm-hmm. And then, Eric, it, it doesn't sound like you studied to be a teacher, you're, but but you're doing it. So there, there's some something to that, too. Tell us about how you came into this. I came into it thanks to Mr. Ford, actually. He he told me the job had come up for uh, the teachers were retiring. Uh, uh, Jim Lusk and, and uh, Larry Jones were retiring. And uh, I was not nearing the end of my career, but getting close to it. And he said, you know, you've been pretty good at teaching us uh, some tricks over here. The new guys, as they rolled in, maybe you'd be good at it. And so uh, I gave it a shot. And, you know, we never know when we make a big jump in careers, but it has worked out really well. I've I love it. I love the kids. Um, and I'm passionate about fixing cars. It's a great career for somebody who may, may not have a direction in life. So I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Dustin, how about you? How'd you get into it? Uh, that Roy Jennings guy suckered me into this. <laughs> I was over there working good money and he said, Hey, I got a part-time job for you. And then it turned into a full-time job that next semester for me. But you know, I've loved every minute of it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go back. Uh, and Roy, same with you. you. I'm guessing you didn't start out to be a teacher. No, I've got about 35 years in the industry, mostly new car dealers, and was managing a Saturn dealership uh, before I came here. And a friend called and said, there's a position opening up. And at the time, I was working seven days a week, sun up, sun down. And my last son was 12. And I thought, this will give me a chance to have summers off and spend that time with my son so I, I didn't do it for the money, uh, but I did it for a chance to invest in my son while he was still young. And once I got into it, I enjoyed it so much. Well, I just have kept going and continue. Well, that's beautifully said. And we're going to have to wrap this up. But I want to thank all three of you. You've been fantastic. And my hat's off to what you've accomplished. There's a crying need for it. And I hope more can learn from it and take your lessons and take it around the country. Thank you, sir. Thank you. AutoLine this week partnered with the Consulate General of Canada in Detroit to produce this episode.